Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining this week's message at Zoe Church Los Angeles. We are concluding a series today that we've been in called New Beginnings, and today we are jumping into the subject of offense. I want to encourage you to lean in, take notes as we go through the podcast. And also, I want to just thank every person that partners with us to get the message out. If you'd like to begin partnering with us, you can text Zoe to 77977 and it will shoot you a link and you can give right there. But let's jump into this week's message called, I'm Offended and I Know It. Go to Luke 15, verse 28. We are concluding today a series that we've been in called New Beginnings. And I'm excited because I believe this is a word for us and this is a word for you. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. And I've been saying this phrase every week, out with the old and in with the what? The new. It's about... It's not about the old thing that God already did. I want faith for the new thing he's about to do. Like what creative idea is God about to give you? What new melody? What new script? What new business? What's the new relationship God's about to connect you with? Julie and I were just at a birthday party for a man turning 50 years old. And one of his friends got up and honored him. And he said, he's in his 60s. He said, when I met you at the time, I didn't have any friends. And when I met you, instantly you became my best friend. I just love that because even in your old age, God's not done with you. You might have seen some great things in the past, but I want to tell you today, you ain't seen nothing yet. Get ready for the God thing. Get ready for the new thing. This whole 21 days of prayer and fasting, this whole series has been just getting ready, getting prepared. I feel like John the Baptist. Appreciate the three people that laughed right there. Getting prepared for the the way of the Lord. Make a straight path, John said. Get ready because God wants to do something new. So it's a new beginning. I'm I'm, I'm excited about this. I get pumped up for your life because I think that your best days are ahead of you. I know that your past, maybe you got some trophies. Maybe you have some awards. Maybe you have some big wins. Maybe God's already brought you out of some things. I want to just tell you, buckle up. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. But if we're going to step into this new future, We're going to step into this new iteration of you. One of the key things that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to deal with an issue that all of us face, and that is the issue of forgiveness. In other words, we're going to have to forgive some people in our past to move on into our future. I've never once preached about forgiveness and said, today I'm preaching about forgiveness and had anybody in the church being like, yes, That's what I'm talking about, Pastor. I want to deal with that. Yes. Because all of us have bitterness. All of us have resentment. All of us have heart issues that we're going to have to come to grips with. We're going to have to let God be God and us be us. This is one of the things that Jesus said. He said, when you pray, you should, every time you should pray this way, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. 
What is Jesus teaching us? He is teaching you that people are going to sin against you. He is teaching you that you might have betrayal, you might have abuse, you might have abandonment, you might have issues in your relationships, but I want to let you know that as you receive forgiveness, you can give forgiveness. And I don't want you to put your eyes and your attention on their mistakes. Let's first deal with your mistakes. Let's first just realize I am a sinner in need of grace. I need forgiveness myself. I have fallen short of the glory of God. I have messed up time and again. Father, forgive me my sins, and I cannot receive forgiveness without giving forgiveness. If you're going to forgive me, help me to forgive them. If you forgive my mistake, I can forgive their mistake. Father, forgive me as I simultaneously, in real time, forgive those who have sinned against me. Who is God talking about here? Clipper fans. And it's, it's diabolical by nature. And it's a real issue. And after the service, we're going to ask you to come to the front. And we're going to rebuke that demon in the name of Jesus. Jesus thought that forgiveness was so important that he said, you know, when you pray, you should probably acknowledge how much forgiveness you need so it'll be easy to forgive others. And in the problem with this is that we are so unaware of how much forgiveness it is required in our life that we, we put more attention and more effort on them than we do us. Isn't it funny, humanity? We, <laughs> we judge them off their actions, but ourselves off our intentions. They are so bad, and they did that, and they, I can't believe them. But you know, that wasn't, that wasn't what I meant. That wasn't what I intended you know, I, my heart is better than that. Yeah, fam, but you did do that. And you require forgiveness just like they require forgiveness. And the last time I checked, the Bible says he'll fill my cup to overflow. I'll have so much grace in my life that I'll have some grace to give your life. Come on, clap together if you're grateful for the grace of God. in your, Clap if you're grateful that God forgave some of the issues in your life. I want to preach a message today, write down the title. It's called Offended and I Know It. Because a lot of times offense, people in your world or your workplace don't know how offended you really are. You've concealed it. It reminds me of Psalm 55. It says his words were smooth as butter, but war was in his heart. A lot of times your offense, not everybody knows how offended and not everybody knows how bitter and how resentful and how angry and how broken you are. But you know and God knows. And today God wants to set some people free. Today God wants to break that chain of unforgiveness. Today that unforgiveness boat, it's going to get out of the harbor. It's going to go from unharbored bitterness to harbored. It's going to get out of the flow of who you are and where you've been. When I think about forgiveness and when I think about the reality of this, I always think about the older brother in Luke chapter 15. The, the, the story goes, and I preached it last Sunday. I talked about the, the brother that went to his dad and said, Dad, give me, half, give me my inheritance. Give me half of the inheritance of what's due to me. And the Bible says he goes out. The dad gives to him. He goes out. He loses his mind. And he spends all the money. And he ends up in a pig pen. And he comes to his senses, and we know the story. He comes, he comes to his senses, he goes back to his dad's house. He's on the gravel road. His dad sees him, the father sees him, runs after him. Low-key hurts his hamstring. <laughs> he didn't stretch. 
runs up to him, throws his arms around him, starts to cry on his neck. It's a picture of you and I getting our life right. And what does he do for his son? He, he puts a robe around his shoulders. He puts a ring on his finger. He kills the fattest calf and, say, and hires a DJ and says, we're going to party because my son is home. See, a lot of us think that Luke 15 is about the brother that lost his mind that came to his senses that came home. He's called the prodigal. But I love the other brother who responds poorly to the other brother's blessing. See, a lot of times what happens to us is we get mad at God for blessing people we don't think should get blessed. It's called entitlement. It's called resentment. God, do you know what they've done and you're blessing them? Do you know where they, do you know... How could you, God? You're blessing them, not them, God. Watch what he says, Luke 15. I love these scriptures right here because you and I can relate with the older brother was angry and he wouldn't go in and his father came out and begged him. But he replied all, replied all these years, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all the time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, I like that. He's saying, this son of yours, whenever I'm mad at one of my boys, I always say that to Julia, one of your sons, your kid. The older brother says, your son, this son of yours has come home and watch what you've done. He comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes and you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you, you have always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. And we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life and he was lost, but now he is found. But the brother, he's angry. You ever see somebody with a, a bitter church face? You ever see somebody just looks angry? You're like, ooh. I'm staying away from you. Brother's so angry. He's like, what did you do? I can't believe Just Christian cuss words. Christian cuss words. Gosh dang it, son of a baker. You just. He's so mad. How dare you bless him? How dare you? What happens in life to a lot of us is that we get lured. And we get tempted into, into the temptation of offense, into unforgiveness. I want to encourage everybody in our church to read a book called The Bait of Satan. The Bait of Satan is written by a guy named John Bevere. It's helped me and millions of other people around the world deal with the issue of unforgiveness. And one of the things that the enemy always does is the enemy always comes into your life in a hidden agenda, in a hidden way, and baits you in your weakness into a trap. In fact, I want to give you four things to write down today. Write down number one, don't fall into the trap. Do not fall into the trap that the enemy has set for your life. The enemy knows that God has a plan for you. The enemy knows that you're called by God. The enemy knows that you have a task on earth. The enemy knows that you have a purpose that's designed by God. And so to take you out, he lures you over into his trap called offense. There's two types of people when it comes to offense. There's people that have been unfairly treated, and there's people that believe they have been unfairly treated. It doesn't matter whether you have or whether you believe 
believe you have. The reality is, is that you're offended. And I want to give you number one today. Don't fall into the trap. Look at this. Watch, watch what, what, what Jesus says to Peter. He's, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. See, when it comes to the issue of your offense, you're seeing it from a human point of view, not God's point of view. That's why I've got to get God's perspective on what happened. I've got to get God's perspective on my sibling. I've got to get God's perspective on my marriage. I can't see things from a humanly point of view. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, get behind me. You are seeing things from this vantage. You are a trap for me. I'm going to encourage you, do not give in to the trap of the enemy. Do not give in to what the, the hidden agenda of the enemy is to lure you and bait you in to offense because he knows that when he gets you here, he's got you. When he gets you here, watch what happens. All of a sudden, there's insults, attacks, divisions, separation, broken relationships, betrayals, and backsliding, all because you're offended. Remember, offense is a moment. Offended is a decision. You can have the moment of offense, but I've got to make the decision. I refuse not to be in the trap. I refuse to be the, in the freedom that is found in Christ. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to serve God. And I refuse to give in to the bait that the enemy's given me. Look at this next verse, 2 Timothy. Watch how encouraging this is. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Do you realize that when you give in to the, to the, to the trap of offense, you are held captive by the enemy? Offense builds offense. And you're held captive by the enemy to do whatever he wants. But I'm thankful that the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't have to stay in the trap of the enemy to do whatever he wants. You ought to clap a little bit louder if you're grateful. I'm not in the trap. I'm in the freedom that's found in Christ. So the enemy comes and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and you know, they said that. They, they commented that. Look at all of them hanging out, and they didn't invite you. They took a photo with you, and they didn't tag you. <laughs> Look at them. Look at them. At Beyonce, and they didn't invite you. Oh, my sandals. And you get over here, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Just at home. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, just, because you're trapped. And when you're trapped by the enemy, you do whatever he wants, not what God wants. And he lures you. Come on, come on, come on. You ever just have one of those days where you want to have a pity party? And people are like, what are you up to today? I'm just going to sit at home feel bad for myself. <laughs> I'm just going to be at home just like angry and stuff. Just like texting people and just like erasing it before I send, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what y'all up to? Yeah, I was gonna be at the house, yeah. Why? Well, oh, I'm trapped. Yeah, I'm trapped. I can't. And, and, the, and that trap just comes, just 
It's so funny. On Friday night, we went to, in Venice Beach, on Friday nights, they do a thing called First Friday. On the first Friday of each month, uh, uh, Abbott Kenny is just, just lined up with these food trucks from all over the world. It's like the best food in the world, just right there on Abbott Kenny. We love to go to First Friday. We're in town, so we wanted to go. Julia's parents are here, and um, my father-in-law, he's just born to eat kind of guy. Just born to eat. <laughs> just love to eat. <laughs> so he, so we like, you want to eat? Let's take him. So we, we took him to food trucks, and we're just walking around getting food. And, and my, my five-year-old and my seven-year-old have a sophisticated palate like the mother. Okay, your boy was raised on bean and cheese burritos, but Julia, you know, you would have thought she grew up in a castle. So, so Julia has raised these boys to love sushi. Five-year-old loves sushi. So he goes and orders sushi from the truck. He loves sushi. So the five-year-old and seven-year-old got sushi, and my five-year-old goes up to his grandfather and says, um, Grandpa, try some of this guacamole. It's wasabi. But my father-in-law's in it, like he's in, his, he's in his food. So he's not lifting his, he's just in it. So he's eating, he's eating, and the five-year-old's trying to give him his attention. He's like, no, 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 you know, he's eating. He's just, he's, he's just this is a passion project. So he's eating. <laughs> so, so, so finally, the five-year-old has convinced him to eat the guacamole just because I think the grandfather wants the kid to go away. So he takes the guacamole, he eats the wasabi. He eats it. It was the first time that my boys heard the grandfather say a cuss word. <laughs> you know, that'll make you cuss. It made him cuss. So, but man, they, they lured that guy in. They just lured him. Just, Grandpa, try some guacamole. I, I feel like for some of us, we just get lured in. Come feel bad for yourself. They should have never done that to you. You've been rejected by them. You've been left out by them. They turned their backs on you. They were supposed to be ride or die. Listen, if you're going through relational transition, welcome to the club. The only thing constant in relationships is change. The only faithful one in my life has been God. And I'm going to put all my energy into God, not into people. People will let you down, but God will never let you down. I feel like give them an appraise right now and just thank my God. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never give them a louder praise than that. He's my God. Don't, don't fall into this culture when people show you who they are, believe them. Fam, you show people who you are. When God shows you who, you are, who he is, believe him. And so we get lured over in this trap. And then what happens is we get trapped and we're doing the things that the enemy wanted us to do. And we're trapped and we're stuck and we're stuck in the mode. mud. Write down number two today. You can, you can fall in the trap. That, that, that's happened to all of us. Number two, just don't stay in the trap. Don't stay in the trap. Don't stay in this place where the enemy's controlling you more than God is. Let me remind you about you and I. I am dead to my sins. I am alive to Christ. I am not controlled by the enemy. I am controlled by Jesus. The devil don't tell me what to do. God tells me what to do. When you're offended, you're controlled by the worst man. When you are free, you're controlled by the better man. So you fall in the, into offense. I'm mad at my, my kids. I'm mad at my spouse. I'm mad at them. You sound gross. 
Don't stay in the trap. Watch Hebrews 12, 15. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupt many. It's amazing. Bitterness starts very hidden and eventually takes action. So it starts just me and my offense. And then eventually as it grows, it, it, it causes trouble first for me, but then it causes trouble for others. And so you can fall in the trap. Just don't stay. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he still rises. You might have got me for a month. You might have got me for a season. You might have got me for a chapter, but it's a new beginning. I ain't staying there no more. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. It's time to move on. It's a new beginning. It's a new season. It's a new day. I'm not staying where I used to be. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not in the trap no more. I got free in Jesus. And what happens here is, is powerful because God starts allowing me to get up out of my problem. Look at this next scripture, Psalm 55. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion, my close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. It's not somebody that lives in Iowa. It's not somebody that lives in Pennsylvania commenting on your stuff. It's somebody that you used to break bread with. It's somebody that you used to go to church with. It's someone that used to teach you Bible study. It's somebody that was a parent or a connect group leader or a coach or a teacher. Somebody let you down. And he's saying, oh, I got I to gotta be honest. It's not people out there. It's people in here. Everybody in church is like, you know what? Be careful. There's snakes in the grass. Be careful. You might have a Judas at your table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that's fine because people are going to let you down. God tests. Satan tempts, but people tease. It doesn't matter if people tease me. I choose to put my confidence in God. What happens, what happens, what happens if I, get, if I get slowed down and I stay in the trap and I'm just trapped here and now I'm doing what, what the enemy wants me to do and now I'm controlled all, all, by, 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 by the, 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 the worst force. Now, now watch what happens in my life now because, I, because I'm, 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 I'm bitter. Anger is there. Bitterness is there. Resentment is there. Hate is there. Strife, envy, and, and, and hatred. And when we take up and hold on to an offense, we will always become imprisoned to that offense. So all of a sudden, it's like, you ever meet somebody that, that, that was like really great and really awesome, and then they're not? And like you run into them, you're like, oh. I can't wait to get in the car with Julia. We close the door. I'm like, oh, my God. Was that just me? Were they crazy? I seen offense take out the nicest person. I seen offense make the greatest person go sideways. It's the it has more power than you think it does, and you can fall into it, but don't stay there. You got to get up out the trap. You got to keep your life moving. I live by this value. Write this down. Don't let anybody break your stride. Yesterday, college football's back. Thank you, Jesus. 
Y'all won last night, UCLA won? Okay, right here, Donovan played at UCLA, so he's clapping for UCLA. But, um, but you know, they, they train running backs. They train running backs that when you get, when someone tries to wrap you up, just keep your legs moving. And they're trying to grab you and grab your ankles, grab your knees, just keep your legs, just because you never know where you could break and just keep going. And when a fence tries to grab your life, just keep going. Last year, uh, Rob Osborne, who runs our youth, and I, we ran the L.A. Marathon. And I loved running the L.A. Marathon because I knew in my head I would only do this one time in my whole life. I'm never doing this again. And so we ran the L.A. Marathon, and I'm telling you, when I started off, I was like at the night of praise. I was like, hey, let's go. Like I was pumped to start the, 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 the marathon. And I'm telling you, the first 20 miles, your boy was killing it. I felt so good. I was flying first 20 miles. First 20 miles, I promise you, every mile the Nike lady would update me on how many miles I've done and how fast I'm going. I felt great. Mile 20, my body stopped. My body told me, we didn't train for this. You didn't prepare us for this. <laughs> At mile 20, I was just like, ah. And I'm telling you, I just, but I got advice from somebody. I got advice before the race. We were at dinner, and, and this guy's like, um, I ran the LA Marathon. I only have one bit of advice. I was like, I'm all ears. He said, the only advice I have is no matter what, during the race, don't stop. He said, I made the mistake when I did it at mile 14, a bunch of friends and family were there to see me. So I stopped to say hi and I got some water and I talked to them. And when I tried to start back up, my body was like, we're done. <laughs> he said, so whatever you do, do not stop. I'll never forget mile 20. I'm just like, I'm not going to stop. Mile 23, Julia and the boys and some friends came to say hi. And so I knew, hi, but I can't stop. I didn't know how slow I was running until my boy started running with me and my seven-year-old's way up there. I'm like, oh, dang. I was like to myself, you're walking, bro. You're, you're now walking. You think you're running. You're walking. You're walking. But I just knew one thing. Don't stop. When a fence comes your way, don't let anybody break your stride. Don't let anybody pull you down. Don't give in to the trap. Don't give in to the enemy. Just keep your life moving. Keep your calling moving. Keep your faith moving. Keep your heart moving. Keep your eyes moving. Keep your future moving. Keep your family moving. Keep your kids moving. Keep your business moving. Keep your career moving. Come on, give them a praise right now. I ain't stopping for no offense. I've been called by God. I've been anointed by God. I got the grace of God. I got the future. I got the cross before me and the world. Give him a praise right now. I'm keep on moving forward. I might have fallen down before, but I'm getting up now. You might have fooled me once, but you ain't going to fool me twice. So many of us, we fall on the fence. We're like, oh, I guess I just got I just got to cut you my life. You don't got to stay there. Hey, hey, listen to me. Listen. You don't got to stay there. Hey, let's be honest. You don't even like being there. Because offense has so warped and distorted your personality, you're not even the same person. Write down, write down, write down number three today. This, this, this is going to encourage you. Don't accept a life of distorted and dampened understanding. Offense just distorts the way you see God and it distorts the way you see you 
and it distorts the way you see people. You used to have 20-20 vision. You used to be able to see. In the last service, this guy that gives me all my glasses, he owns a glasses company. He gave me the glasses I'm wearing right now. After the service, he walked up to me. He's like, your glasses are way too big for your eyes. It's like, you put these on me. He's like, give me those. Are those ours? I was like, yeah. He takes them off. He's like, oh, they are. Sorry. It's like, well, thanks. Now I got to go preach another message in this glasses that are too big for my face. Thanks a lot, pal. Now I'm offended. But, but, but you know, when you're offended, you, 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 your vision is distorted. You can't even see up from down. You don't know who you are. You don't know where you're going. You just, and by the way, all your understanding is dampened. Life is dark. It's, th- it's seen through the filter of offense. I don't, you're suspectful of others. You're, you're just suspicious about others. When your heart is healed, you believe the best about other people. When your heart is good, you believe the best about God. When you're offended, you are just like, you're against everybody. Who'd you vote for? People ask me, who'd you vote for? I'm like, "Uh." just everything's scary about you. Everything's scary because it's all out of bitterness. That's why it says, look at this next verse in Proverbs 18. An offended person is harder to win over than a fortified city. Because it's like you just got this wall up and you're like, no one's coming into my heart. No one's getting close to me again. I will never feel that feeling of rejection and betrayal again. I'm never going to go through that. I'm never going to listen. Listen, if you can live like that, you will live the most miserable life ever. You want to live a great life? You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be hurt. That's how you know you're living. You're not living unless you're caring. And the more you care, the more things happen. I just love this because Paul, he just lets us know. He's like, yeah, Demas left me. Oh, man, that was a hard one when that guy left. Alexander the coppersmith, he did me so much harm. So you're telling me, Paul, that you know what it's like for having people to walk out of your life? You know what it's like to be hurt by others? And he's the guy, worship team, come join me. Watch this in Colossians 3. He's also the guy that says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. You're telling me that the same guy that had somebody walk out and the same guy hurt him is the same guy that's like, guys, we gotta forgive. We gotta forgive. In fact, write down number four. The only way out is to let it go. The only way out, Zoe, hear me today. Hear me, everybody watching this service or listening to the podcast. The only way out of this trap is to let it go. I feel the spirit of frozen in this place right now. If I could sing, I would crush that note right there. You gotta let it go. 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 What's the saying? There's no reason to cry over spilled milk. What's happened 
If you could change it, you would, but you can't. So there's no going back. Some of us keep waiting to have a conversation that's never going to happen. Some of us are waiting for closure that's never going to happen. Some of us are waiting for an apology. I don't know how to tell you this. It's not coming. It's not coming. But if we could just trust in God, if we could just look to God, Father, forgive me my sins. And I'm making the faith decision to forgive those that have wronged me. Because I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. Can't fall into the trap. All of a sudden, I got hatred and anger and bitterness and resentment. And everything I don't wanna be is here. And everything I want to be is found in the freedom that is offered in Christ. So, Lord, if you can forgive all my issues and all my shortcomings, if you can forgive me, God, I choose to forgive them. It's amazing. This last week, this last week I was meeting with somebody for lunch. We went to Air One. It's nothing like paying $300 for broccoli. And um, he's telling me about, he recently was at the Dead Sea. And he was at the Dead Sea. God just started to deal with his heart. Just kind of show him some things in his life. God started to show him, you, you're so resentful. You got so much bitterness. You got so much anger. You're mad at this person, mad at that person. I mean, God just started just kind of putting his finger on this guy like, we got to deal with this stuff. This guy's moved. He gets on the phone. He calls a friend. He's like, I, can we talk? I got some stuff I got I to gotta talk to you about. They get on the phone. They start talking for three hours. Three hours are on the phone. They're just working through stuff, talking about issues and pain and disappointment and rejection. And after three hours, getting it all out there, stuff he's never talked about before. After three hours, he says to his friend, what do I do now? He's expecting his friend to be like, let's go to counseling. Come back, let's go to a conference. But his friend said something real powerful. He said, you know what? I say that what's dead, you leave at the Dead Sea. I just felt like saying that to somebody. Why don't you just, let, what's dead, let's leave right here at Zoe Church. What's old and what's gone and what's past, let the past be the past. But I feel like just saying, I want a new beginning in my life. I don't care what's happened in the past. I want faith for what God has in front of me. Come on, stand to your feet today. Stand to your feet. Let's pray, Zoe. Jesus, we thank you that you're worth it. You're worth the forgiveness. And God, if you can forgive somebody like me, how could I not forgive somebody like them. So God, I'm asking you right now, release the resentment. God, break down the wall and barrier. Lord, do something great in us so you can do something great through us. Lord, we just believe that today, on a day like today, open up our eyes. We want to see clearly. Open up our mind. We want to understand freely. We don't want a bruised heart, an abandoned heart, a portrayed heart. Lord, we want your heart. So God, do what only you can do today. We believe Believe it, God, in the name above all names, in the Lord above all lords, in the King above all kings. We give you our lives. We want to follow you and serve you. Oh, come on, Zoe. If you believe it today, come on, let's